And today I'm having a special guest. She and I work together. We were co-workers. I haven't spoken with her physically in probably about 25 years, but we keep in touch at various different social media platforms. And that's the beauty regarding social media. This is something that I cherish because back in the day when we were growing up, we actually lost contact with everybody when you moved away. So we do have a special niche with uh, social media, and I love that. Now, I want to preface this by saying that this that we're talking about today is something that I had never heard of. And let me have Colleen explain this for us, and let me introduce you. Hi, Colleen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. So good to hear your voice. Right? It's been a long time. Long time. Long time. Yep. <laughs> we have to make sure it's not so long in the in the future. Uh, I know you moved closer to me. Uh, yep. So that's, that's a step toward the right direction. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, it is. And I agree. We definitely need to talk more in person. So yes. Yeah. So how's your husband and your doggies and <laughs> well, he's doing well. He's he's doing the same as usual, just busy working. Uh, that's pretty much it. So, uh, and our little dog is doing really well. She's a, she's quite the fun little creature, and we love having her around. So, that's great. And uh, you loving your house still? I know you got a nice house when you moved. Yes, we were very fortunate that we managed to land in our new state. Uh, and we were able to purchase a home literally the day after we arrived. It was a, a brand new build and we just waited a few months for the house to be finished. And it's a wonderful house. It's the nicest house I've ever lived in. And it's, it's, it's home. It feels home to me, even though, I mean, I moved across the country to a place I'd never lived before. Um, didn't know anybody other than a couple of our friends that live here in a town nearby. And we just kind of picked up and said, let's just do this. And it's been a great experience. We really love it. And we've kind of adjusted to life here better than I thought we would. Um, and so we're, yeah, we're just ready where we are. I'm so happy for you. That is uh, working out perfectly. And is, did you do this for future retirement? plans or what was the behind the move was is it better uh economically where you are yeah actually it's a combination of both of those things definitely you know we're getting up there in years and we're getting closer to retirement age we still have a little ways to go but you know where we were living it was very expensive and it was difficult for us to see ourselves retiring there and being able to live you know a, a comfortable life I'm not, I'm not really looking to be, you know, mega wealthy. It's just, can we at least live a comfortable life? And 
we just knew we couldn't do that where we were. And then the other impetus was that my mother-in-law, who was living uh, in another state uh, from where we are now, she had a stroke a couple of years ago. And so we wanted to make sure that we were close enough we could help take care of her if we needed to. And within a month of us moving into our house, she ended up moving about half an hour away from us in our state. Uh, we helped her move here because her, you know, her state was getting to be unmanageable financially. And so she transferred to a grocery store here. And so we, we all live about half an hour away. And that was kind of the, the whole point of this. We knew we couldn't afford to bring her out to our house in our previous state. And we couldn't afford to, we didn't have any room for her anyway. So uh, we just felt it was better to just get a little bit closer and then kind of deal with it from that point. And so, yeah, economically, we're in a much better, you know, much more manageable state. And it, it just, it, all the way around, it's just a, it's just a great place. Keeping you guys in my thoughts and prayers that everything goes smoothly with her. Okay, so the thing is, when we were talking, you asked me, you said, do you deal with this type of issues? I had never heard of it before. And I think you said it was called N like Nancy, P like Paul, E like Edward, NPE. Is that correct? That is correct. It's also referred to as M like Mary, P like Paul, E like Edward. So which um, the acronyms, I'll explain what they are. There's two different versions for NPE, which is non-parental event or more more commonly known as not paternal event and then the mpe is misattributed parental event so what that basically means is when someone takes a dna test and they get back results and they find a match that was not expected and it's typically the father most commonly the father although in some cases it can be both parents for someone who doesn't realize they've been adopted um, or for someone who maybe was raised by someone they thought was their mother, but turns out to be a different relative. So it's a, it's a very common thing that is becoming much more prevalent as people are doing home DNA tests. Uh, you have Ancestry.com has a DNA feature. You have 23andMe, and there are a few others that also do it. And so as people are turning their results in and there's a database being built up, you're starting to see these people who, uh, you know, you find matches that are completely unexpected and it can rock your world. Wow. That is very different. And uh, I've heard Terrell Owens case is a big case. I remember hearing about, I think he was, across the street from his father so he never knew and his father was married or something like that mm. with Terrell Owens I don't really know his story I don't want to slander him I don't want to do anything but it was a big deal that he was having a hard time because something like that happened uh or he never knew his father but it hurts when you don't know your parents that would bring a form of trauma I would think in within you right Honestly, it does. I found out that I am an NPE. We refer to ourselves as NPE most of the time, um, which is kind of funny because somebody the other day kind of took exception and said, we're not events, we're people. Uh, true, very true. Um, but it's... Oh, you know what? Let me stop you there. It could be experience, non-parental experience. <laughs> true, true. Absolutely okay. true. So it's a clinical term. It's accurate. 
unfortunately, for what triggers, you know, the condition we ha- we all are under, which even that to me sounds a little too clinical. Basically, it's a way to describe when you find out that somebody you thought was your parent, biological parent, is not your biological parent. So it, I agree with you. Experience is definitely something we all experience. It is technically an event. So there's multiple ways to refer to it. But, uh, you know, we just, most of us don't even say the actual full name. We just refer to it as NPE. There's a very private group on Facebook that uh, you have to go through a gateway and you have to be able to kind of prove that you're part of it. We have multiple subgroups within that group. And the primary group is where most of us reside. There are other subgroups for, uh, we have one that's for family members, our friends, or even professionals that would like to join. We can get them in through the gateway um, into that group. And then they can see what really goes on with people who are experiencing this, you know, this event. And so um, it's a large group now. There's close to 9,000 members. It's been around for a few years. And we get tons of new members literally at least minimum of one or two a day and sometimes more and especially during what we call sibling month which is march february and march we get a lot of new members during that time because what happens is folks will give these ancestry you know uh, dna tests to their loved ones at Christmas thinking, hey, let's check out our genealogy. Let's build our family trees. Let's look into you know, our family history. Hey, let's see what our characteristics and our heritage is. Not even thinking that there could be a big surprise. And by the way, Ancestry.com specifically, I don't know about 23andMe, I've not done 23andMe, but Ancestry has a disclaimer. When you purchase the DNA kit that says just understand your results may come back unexpected. And so it, it, I think a lot of people take it and don't read that fine print, don't realize it. And then they're absolutely just shocked when it tells them that they have a match that is somebody they don't know. When you did this, were you thinking that something was off? How did you come about doing your ancestry (laughs) the funny thing is I actually did it because my mom had said she had done it she was kind of like just thought it'd be kind of an interesting thing to do and so she decided to do it and I thought well sure I'll do it I kind of want to see what my heritage is because I've got you know I've always been told my heritage is English Irish French German and Cherokee Indian that was always what I was told is my heritage and so I thought, let's go, uh, let's go see. Oh, and Scottish and Irish too. So let's go see if, if I've got all those things and how much percentage of each do I have. And I kind of had a feeling, you know, based on what I knew of my family history on both my mom and my pop's side of things. Um, and so I looked at the results and I had a very different heritage, zero Native American, zero indigenous at all. Um, And then I also had a lot more German than I expected and a lot more Irish than I expected. And I thought, okay, well, that's kind of neat. And um, that was that. And I didn't think anything of it because I had done my test. Oh, gosh, it's been about four or five years now. And so 
I, you know, every once in a while I'd get a match and eventually my, my results did match with my mom and no match with my father. And I expected that because my pop didn't actually take the test. He hadn't taken the test at that point. And so I thought, okay, well, great. So if dad ever decides to take it, then maybe, you know, he'll, he'll, it'll match, it'll show match. And so I'd get these, you know, third and fourth cousins and second and third cousins and, you know, really distant relatives, people I'd never even heard of, names I didn't recognize. And not everybody uses their real name in, in Ancestry. Sometimes they'll use a, you know, mishmash of numbers and letters. And sometimes it's, you know, a, a handle. Other people will use their full name, no problem. Um, and so after a couple of years, I started getting more matches. I had done you know, these matches and I was just constantly looking for new matches and I didn't think anything of it. And then almost two years ago, um, I saw that there was a match for father, but the username was one that I didn't recognize. And I thought, Man. huh, that's interesting. And I thought, well, maybe my dad just randomly, cause he's not tech savvy. Maybe he used just a random weird combination of letters and numbers to, you know, create the user profile. And I didn't say anything to my mom because I didn't think anything of it because I figured she would have said something if, you know, dad had done the test. A few months later, the first match happened in May of 2021. And then the next match for me was July of 2021. And it was a close relative. And I saw a first and a last name. And it was somebody I didn't recognize. And it gave me a possible list of, you know, relationships based upon the, the number. So let me backtrack here a little bit. With Ancestry DNA, what they do is they match you based upon centimorgans. And centimorgans is just how they match, they, you know, count DNA. And there's a range of how much DNA you share with each of your biological relatives. So your parents should be in the th two to 3,000 range, um, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. And then your full siblings are in the low 2000s range. And then you have, you know, half siblings or cousins, sometimes aunts and uncles are in like the 1700, 1500 to 2000 range. And so I, I was looking at this and, and when Ancestry presents the match to you, they don't always know if it's your parent. They assume that it is, or they don't assume any other relationships. They just kind of say, possibly this is, you know, who this is. And especially if the names don't match and you don't have the name in your, your tree, if you happen to have a tree built, they will assume it's probably a cousin. So they'll list it as like, hey, this is a, probably a first cousin. So I noticed that in July of 2021, I'm not only had a father match that I name I didn't recognize, now I had a full name of a person I didn't recognize as a possible first cousin. And I thought, I don't think this is correct because I don't know this person. Like, I don't know the name. And the name, the last name that was given to this person was also the, you know, part of what was being used for the match for my father, the handle. So it was a first initial, last name, and then some numbers. And then I saw the, the person who matched with me as a possible first cousin as having the first, uh, the same last name. So then I thought, okay, this is interesting. And then I thought, oh, okay, well, that, that's got to be a mistake. That's just got to be a mistake. 
and I didn't think anything of it. And I kind of set it aside. And then right around maybe August, September, I kept getting more matches and some of them were actually like first cousins and I, and they're definitely more names I didn't recognize, but they were not the same name as the father match or the first, you know, the, the close match. So I looked into it again and I, I looked at it with open eyes and realized the man who raised me, the man who was on my birth certificate as my birth father is not my father. And I didn't know how to process at that time. I really didn't know what to think because I, I'd been told my whole entire life, this is, this is the man who raised me. This is my father. I had done a, you know, tree of ancestry. I'd done research on his side of the family all the way back to the 1700s. I had this glorious, you know, bit of information and I, I, it was everything I knew. And all of a sudden when I realized he's not my father, I could feel myself just shaking and being panicking going, how is this even possible? And I tried to set it aside and I just, it consumed my every thought of every waking day for months. I started thinking to myself, what, how did this, I, I literally had no words. <laughs> I just didn't have any words. I, it was shock. It was absolute complete shock. And it made me sad, but at the same time, I was kind of like excited thinking, wait a minute, I happen to have other relatives. And when I looked at that close first match, I realized it was a half brother, not a cousin half brother. And I thought, I always wanted a brother. And now I have a half brother. Okay. But I got to figure out who this is. I've got to figure more stuff out. What am I going to do? So I told my husband and I said, I found out something very interesting. I'm not sure how to deal with this. I'm not sure how to process this. I'm not sure what to make of this. I'm a little bit in shock and I told him the, you know, exactly what I found and he was surprised and he thought, okay. And, you know, he said, well, you know, your dad is still your dad. True enough, but he's not my biological father. And I said, and it looks like I have a half brother. And I said, I kind of want to get to know this. And so I looked out on uh, the internet. I Googled, I said, what do you do when you find out your dad is not your dad. And it led me to a Reddit uh, subgroup. And within that group, I started reading people who were having the same experience as me. And somebody pointed out, there's this group on Facebook, and then you can maybe find answers there. And so I immediately went out to Facebook and I found the group and I submitted my information and I answered all the questions. And then I was admitted to the group. And I still was trying to figure out how to deal with this because what do you, I mean, and it's, it's a grieving process because here I thought I was this person. I thought I was, you know, my heritage was X, Y, Z. My, my parents are this. And it felt like I all of a sudden didn't know who I was. And then I wondered, did my mom know? Surely my mom didn't know because why would my mom not tell me this? Why would my mom 
put somebody else's name on my birth certificate if she knew he wasn't my father. Right. And I started thinking about all the possibilities of what could have happened. And I, I thought to myself, okay, if she knew and didn't tell me, I'm going to be super mad at her. But if she didn't know, how can I be really mad at her? I mean, it just, the, there were so many emotions swirling. And I finally got to the point where I just said, I need to go through therapy because I just, I don't know what I'm doing with this. I don't know how I'm handling this. I don't know what to think of this. And I went through what I feel like were stages of grief because I felt like there's no way this could be possible. The, the total denial, I'm like, nah, the ancestry has it wrong. There's no way this could be right. And I started seeing people in my group saying, you know, I thought it was wrong. And it's like, somebody said this and, I, and this is the absolute truth. And it's just, it stuck with me because it just, it, it makes the most sense. DNA does not lie. People do. DNA does not lie. And then I went through the anger of why didn't I know this? Why, how did I not feel this? And then I started thinking back. I actually kind of think I knew all along that something wow. wasn't completely right. Secret. Really? When did you first yes. think that? When did you first think like that? That something wasn't quite right when um, you were young, when you were a child? When I was very young, one of my earliest memories, I was probably, I'm going to guess I was maybe five or six. My parents were fighting, like just screaming match fighting. And I remember we were, they were down in the basement and I went down to the basement and I, we had a, a fireplace down there and there was a, a small little hearth in front of it, but it was probably a good, you know, six inches off the ground. And I climbed up on top of that. I said to them, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And they stopped fighting. But I didn't know what they were fighting about. And then that didn't really click as, you know, anything was wrong then. But they were constantly fighting about stuff. And then my sister and I would be out and people would say, oh, is this your friend? And I'd be like, no, that's my sister. And they're like, oh, Mm. so do you have different parents? No, we have the same parents. And people always suspicious because we didn't look that much alike and I said no 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 I look more like my mom and she looks like my dad and so that kind of stuck and it wasn't like just one or two people it was a lot of people like it was an inordinate amount of people who would constantly ask when we were growing up if we were like just friends or cousins or how we were related because nobody believed we were sisters wow And that was kind of a little trigger. The biggest one for me, though, was when I was about eight years old. My mom and my aunt, uh, my sister, were, we were at my aunt's apartment. And my sister and I were watching TV in the front room. And my mom and my aunt were in the bedroom. And they were screaming at each other. Just absolutely, like, I thought they were going to kill each other. And my aunt comes running out. And my mom chased after her. And my aunt goes, if you don't tell her, I will. And I knew they were talking about me instinctively. I knew they were talking about me. And my mom had my aunt up against the wall, hand at her throat and said, if you tell her, I will kill you. And I remember thinking that was horrid. And then I started thinking, well, what's the secret that they're not telling me? And my original thought was, okay, 
I had an affinity for my aunt. She was my favorite person, my best friend. I loved her dearly. She was 17 when I was born. And I thought at the time that perhaps she was my biological mother. And because she was so young, my mom, who is two years older, had raised me. And I even confronted my mom about that years later. And she said, no, I'm your mother. I gave birth to you. I know. I'm like, are you sure? Because that's kind of a, and then I realized there's something else going on. And I don't know what prompted me in my teenage years. I started digging through my parents. I went to my parents' lockbox for something. I was, I think I was probably trying on my mom's wedding ring because she never wore it. And I remember finding some of the papers that were in there. And one of them was a marriage certificate for my parents. Now, my parents have always said that their anniversary was November 29th of the year before I was born. This marriage certificate was for February 13th, the year I was born. And based upon the math, I was born later in the year, in the fall. I honestly should have clued in that if their marriage certificate was in February, I was actually conceived before they got married. And I figured out that was the big secret. Okay, so my parents got pregnant with me and they decided to get married because of me. So that's why, that's the big secret. My mom just didn't want me to know about it. That was the big secret. Eventually, my sister knew about it because I, of course, told my sister. Eventually, we kind of confronted as adults, um, both my sister and her husband and, and my husband and I had dinner with my parents. And I'm not sure why, but my brother-in-law decided to confront my parents about this. And we're at a restaurant. And so there's really not much that my mom can do to, you know, she can't make a scene. She can't refuse. She can't run away. So we kind of confronted. And my dad half-heartedly admitted that, yeah, they got married because they were pregnant with me. And we figured that was the end of the story. But after I found out that my dad who raised me is not my biological father, I realized that that was not the secret at all. And then I started thinking, well, does my mom know? Does my dad know? I mean, have they kept this from me my whole entire life? And I started digging around and I started looking to see if I could figure out who my birth father was. And I thought to myself, I wonder if it's somebody my mom went to school with. Maybe she went to high school with this guy. Maybe that, you know, happened because I knew it wasn't her ex-fiance before she met my dad. She had a fiance. They broke that off when she met my dad, supposedly. I looked through my mom's yearbook and I found um, the name that was for my birth father. And I looked at his picture and it happened to be a middle school picture. And it was like looking at myself when I was in middle school. Oh my goodness. And I realized that somehow he was my father. With the test and looking at the yearbook, yep. it's just made sense. And all the experience from your past with your auntie and your dad and uh -huh. mom arguing over this and then the secret. So yeah. 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 And you're like, okay, I've got to accept this. Yeah. So it was confirmation for me. And then I started thinking, okay, now I need to see if I can find him on social media. And I started digging around and I found what I thought was him. 
uh, on Facebook and it turned out not to be him. I, I wasn't sure if it was him. He, you know, I couldn't tell. And it, it, there were details that sort of fit, but it was definitely not him. And then I started digging around a little more and I found him. And I found my brother that I matched with on Facebook was one of his, you know, one of his friends list. And then I found another brother. And so I realized I had two brothers and I thought, oh, do I have any other siblings? And it was just the two. So I do have two brothers. And uh, I thought to myself, okay, now what? Now what? So I just kind of started processing a little bit, thinking, going through with my therapist. And I did talk to her about it. And she was wonderful. She was not familiar with this either. This is a brand new thing for her as well. And so she was saying, you know, I think you're going to find that if you do contact them whenever you're ready to do that, if that's what you want to do, she said, I think it's going to work out really well. And I think you're going to end up having a good relationship with them. And I said, really? And she said, yeah, I just have this feeling about it. And I said, okay, well, I hope you're right because this is a big deal. And if I, if I say something, if I reach out and I contact them, there's many different ways it could go. And I, I started to hesitate because I thought to myself, what if they don't want me? What if I put myself out there and they don't want me? Yeah, that would be the worst case scenario. Right? And then I started reading some of the, you know, stories from other folks in our Facebook group. And a lot of them had done, you know, they'd reached out to family members and there were mixed reactions. Some people said, yeah, I had contact. It was great for a while. And then all of a sudden they ghosted me or I got an immediate, I don't want anything to do with you. Um, I've got, you know, a wonderful relationship. We visit each other all the time. We talk all the time. I mean, there were just all these things. And then I started in my head fantasizing about how it would be and how I could, you know, spend, you know, holidays and, and talk to them and, and get to meet them and see them and, and have a relationship with them and, and talk all the time and text messages. And we would have these wonderful conversations and they refer to that as the, um, the castle in the sky. When you first think about how something is going to go, you paint this picture, especially if it's something that you really want, you paint this picture and it's usually a castle and it's not <laughs> always built on sand it's sometimes it's built on sand and sometimes it's built on you know actual possible and it may not be exactly how you envision but it you know you have this fantasy and you kind of you kind of like live in there and and it does prevent you from reaching out sometimes because you're afraid that that castle really is built on sand so I hesitated for a long time to say anything and then finally last November well let me back up a little bit because let me, want... before you go there, let me ask you this. Yeah. You started this journey. How long ago? Has it been a long time? I officially found out about my status in May of 2021. And then I got more confirmation of it in July when my brother matched with me on ancestry. Okay. Okay. And, okay. and so it's really been relatively new. And I didn't do anything for the first probably six months. But like I said earlier, it literally consumed my, my every day. There wasn't a day I didn't think about it and, you know, wonder what was going on. And, and then little things would hit me. There was, the, there was, like I said, the grieving part. I would go through moments where I would realize my sister's not my 
whole sister. She's not my full sister. She's only my half sister. We only share half DNA. And that in turn sent me into a spiral because her kids are like my kids. I don't have kids of my own, but her kids are my kids. She's got five of them. And I realized that they're only half nephews and niece. And it really kind of like, I went through a little bit of an identity crisis. And I tried to explain to my husband because I've told, I told friends, you know, before I contacted anybody, I even told my sister and they were all very supportive. And I was really grateful because I know a lot of people who unfortunately their family members are not supportive and friends who kind of say, what's the big deal? It's not that big of a deal. It's not like you don't have a dad. True. I'm not going to deny that. That's absolutely true. I had a, a man who raised me and so I wasn't without a dad. But I was without my own dad and my own family and people who I have a biological connection to. And there's something about that when you start to wonder about your identity. I finally told my husband a few months ago, before I even contacted my, my family, I said, I feel like if you were to look at me, I feel like I'm walking around where if you draw lines and split my body in half, left side, right side, one side is multicolored, it's filled in, there's lots of detail. And the other side is just blank. It's white. There's nothing there. I feel half. I don't like feel a blank like page. Yes. So I felt like half a person. Like I wasn't. Wow. That's understandable though. Right? I'm just in shock over everything you're saying. I'm trying to just let you finish without saying anything. But mm -hmm. this is an amazing story. Continue, please. I still was debating in the middle of having, you know, uh, start getting ready to move into our house. My mom and I were talking. We hadn't talked for a couple of years. Um, we started talking again right before we moved out here. Um, and that's a whole other issue. It was all based upon some other stuff that had nothing to do with family. But she and I hadn't talked for about two and a half years. And we finally were talking again. And so we were having, you know, conversations again. And, and, we were talking just one day randomly about um, she was planning a, a high school reunion last summer, last September. And she was planning that because everybody in the class was turning 75. And so they were like thinking this is a great time to, you know, all be together, even though it's not like a, you know, like a milestone celebration year they wanted to get together for everybody's 75th birthday and so she was a part of the planning committee and she was you know reaching out and I was asking her how things were going with the plans because I thought you know that'd be interesting to see if if he would show up to this and so she said well I'm I'm missing a few people and I said oh really and I said well what do you mean you're missing and she goes well I, we can't find any like contact information and I said well did you try Googling them or anything and she said well you know yeah and I said well give me a name and I'll, I'll see if I can find anything for you and so I happened to find this person for her and I found that you know I gave her the information and she and I said any more and she goes well yeah there's another one and I googled that one and unfortunately that person had passed away a few years back and so I said any more and she goes yeah and she literally said my birth father's name and wow. I, so they went to school together. Yes. I stopped breathing for about 10 seconds because I was thinking to myself, does she know? 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 Does she know he's my father? Does she know? Is she testing me? And she was just asking, you know, she mentioned him and I said, oh, really? And I said, oh, let me see if I can find anything. And I, I, I kid you not when I say this, I pretended to Google him because I already had all the information <laughs> for him. 
<laughs> I'd already done some low key stalking on Facebook and on, you know, done some Google searches myself. And <laughs> okay, here's some information. I said, it looks like this phone number is come somewhat current. And then I said, so I'm not sure, but here's this information. And she goes, well, does it have an email address? And I said, no, I don't see an email address here, but you know, I said, you can always try and friend him on Facebook. And she goes, oh yeah, I don't know. She goes, and I, she, then she started talking about him and she said, you know, I really hope he shows up. I haven't seen him in so long and I really miss him. He and I were such good friends. We were so close. And I, I was <laughs> to myself, <laughs> That's a bit of an understatement, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and who, who, and so she was saying, we and I was so close. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, is she toying with me? Does she know? I mean, I just find it really weird that she's, you know, bringing him up and talking about it. And then I said, so, like, did you date? And she goes, well, yeah, we kind of went out a little bit here and there. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, and so... I said, oh, interesting. I said, that wasn't your fiance though, right? She goes, no, 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 no. That was another guy. And I said, okay. And I said, well, was he your boyfriend? She goes, well, I wouldn't call his boyfriend girlfriend. He was dating another girl too. And I said, okay. But we, we spent a lot of time together. We were really close. And, and I thought, okay. And then the next time we talked, I said, so how are the planning, you know, how's the planning going? And she said, oh, you know, um, we, we got in touch with a couple people and I, and she goes, but you know, your father, she, she said his name. Of course she didn't say your father. Yeah, right. She said, uh, yeah, he said, no, thank you. He's not coming. And, and I said, oh, that's kind of a bummer. She goes, yeah. She goes, I don't understand why. She goes, I think he might be mad at me. Oh Lord. I said, why would he be mad at you? Oh my goodness. And she says, well, I, I don't know. She said, but he wrote me a letter right after your dad and I got married. And so I absolutely just, she says, I, I don't, and I said, well, what was in the letter? She goes, oh, I don't know. Okay, wait, <laughs> you don't know what was in the letter? Mm. And she said, well, yeah, because my mom kept it from me. I'm sorry, what? She said, yeah. I, I said, how do you know then the letter was sent if, if grandma kept it from you? And she said, well, I found it in her drawer, dresser drawer when I was in her room one time. And I said, why didn't you take the letter and open it up and read it? And she goes, well, because it was in her drawer. And I said, it was addressed to you, not to grandma. It was addressed to you. Why wouldn't you take that letter and read it? So she could have been fibbing then. Well, for sure. And I yeah. said, so what do you think was said? And she goes, well, I don't know. But she goes, Maybe he was professing his love for me. And I'm like, mm, okie dokie. <laughs> oh my God. She goes, but, but it didn't matter because I was already married, married to your dad. Okay, but you couldn't have like at least answered him back? She goes, well, I just didn't know where to get a hold of him at that point. Oh, come on. Seriously? Wow. And then I said, okay, well, whatever. And I said, so he's not coming. She goes, nope. So then that whole event happened and she had a wonderful time. And I thought for sure she was going to tell me that he showed up out of nowhere and they started talking. And I, the funny thing is, is I kept checking my ancestry results to see if I had anything new or if there was any information or if maybe, you know, I decided I was going to reach out 
so early September, right before this event happened, I sent a note to him, to my father. And I just kind of said, hey, I know this is shocking, but if you'd like to talk, here's my contact information. And I thought, I'll give him a couple months, see what happens. And, and that'll be that. And I didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything. And, you know, I was talking to my therapist and I had noticed patterns where the same day that my mom was logging into Ancestry, my birth father was logging in as well, or he would log in the next day or the day before. So it was kind of really weird because neither one of them had been really logging in regularly. And then all of a sudden they were. And I thought, are they talking to each other? And even my therapist thought, I bet they're talking and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And so I, I thought, okay, well, uh, maybe they're talking to each other. Maybe they're not. Who knows? But I'm just going to wait to see if I hear back from him. And I heard nothing. And then I realized that I had actually like put a note in my ancestry rather than sending him a message. So I repeated the message and I sent it to him and waited a, a little while and I still didn't get anything back. And I thought, okay, he hasn't logged in for a while and I'm not sure what's going on there. Maybe he stopped. Maybe he got the note that he got a message. Who knows what happened? So then after a few weeks, I decided um, early November of last year, I would reach out to my brother and see if I could get anything from him. Because the reality is that, you know, we would like nothing more as MPEs. Most of us honestly just want to either know our family, know our family history. We'd like to get medical history because I was thinking if I go to the doctor and they ask me about my family history, I only have half of it. I can't tell them my birth. I know my dad who raised me pop. I can't tell them his family history because it's not my medical history. It doesn't impact me in any way, shape or form. Right. So, but I, does because of biologically. Right. Exactly. So I wanted to know my, my birth father's medical history so that I know, do I need to be paying attention to, you know, certain diseases? Do I need to be careful or cognizant of this, that, or the other thing? And so I sent a note early November to my brother and he had logged on the day before. So I thought, okay, maybe he'll log in again. And I sent him the note and waited. And the next day, towards the end of my work day, I got a phone call. And the phone call was from an area code where I know my father lives. And I thought, okay, okay, this is probably him. If it's not, it's such a huge coincidence that somebody's calling me from the same state. So I answered the phone and he said, hi, this is your father. Uh, I, I, I got the message from, you know, my brother, I'll call him Jay. Um, and he said, Jay reached out to me and said, hey, there's this person I connected with. She's saying she's my sister. And so, you know, you might want to get in touch with her. <laughs> you just might. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> just a tiny. <laughs> so I... I talked to him and, and we had a good conversation and, and he said, I'm not sure how that's possible because if you were born, I'll say it, I was born in October. If you were born in October of this year, he said, I, I was in the service and I was stationed in San Antonio and I was there the whole time for the whole year. And I said, well, he said, I said, maybe it'll help if I tell you my mom's name. 
And I did. And he said, okay. Last time I saw her was December, around Christmas, the year before you were born. And I said, uh-huh. And he said, but that seems a little long to like nine months. And I said, I know. I said, but here's the reality of things. Gestation is actually not nine months. It's 40 to 42 weeks, which if you do a calculation of the day I was born backward, it will tell you that my conception was in mid to late December. Wow. And I said, and I would have agreed with you that there was a possibility of something else, but it ancestry matched me as your daughter. You are my father. I share more centimorgans with you than I do my own mother. And I, I really, yeah, just not, not a lot, 16 of them, 16 centimorgans. So, um, and I said, and it matched me with Jay as my half brother. So there's no question in my mind, I am your daughter. And I know that's very shocking. Uh, I'm not looking for anything. I'm not looking for an inheritance or anything like that. I'm just looking to get to know you if that's something you'd be interested in. I said, I am very interested in medical history for my own you know, sake. And I said, I will leave it up to you. You have my phone number. You can call me anytime, text me anytime. I said, I would love to get to know you. I'd love to get to know the family. I said, I know I've done a little digging, uh, low key stalking. So I know a little bit about the family, but I'd love to know more about the family. I said, I know I have two brothers, one of whom did not match with me on uh, ancestry because he hasn't taken the test. And I said, but I'd really love to get to know the family and, you know, whatever you're willing and comfortable with, I I'm good with. And he said, okay, because, well, why don't you friend me on Facebook and, uh, and we'll kind of play it from here, uh, from there, you know, play it by ear and then we'll we'll kind of get to know each other a little bit that way and I and he said but I can tell you a little bit about family history and so he rattled off a few things and we had about a just under 45 minute conversation and it was great because it felt comfortable it felt natural it felt right and I I was happy that he didn't just completely reject me out of hand because I fully expected he was going to say, I don't know who you are. You're crazy. This is bananas. Don't contact me. But he did. And that's outstanding. Right? Now I'm going, I'm going to then fast forward a little bit yeah. and I'm going to uh, say this first of all, thank you for this story. I have never heard of this. I know a lot of people who are hearing this and have never heard of NPE. Mm -hmm. So thank you for your bravery because it takes courage to come on this podcast and right. share your secrets. But we're doing so because we know it will help other people. And hopefully we don't want them going through these same types of ordeals. The sooner, the earlier, the better. Right. You know, and right. transparency most often things going to come out. Mm -hmm. So hiding this, I don't know. I've all, often said hiding things don't really, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not in people's shoes, you know, but we'll have you continue. I told him, I said, I'll let you contact me. And he said, well, I've got some phone calls to make. He said, because your brother thinks that uh, you're his cousin. So I want to make sure he's he's well aware of what's going on. He said, I also need to tell my wife 
she's currently in the neighboring state uh, a couple of hours away from their house dealing with a, a mother who was sick and and in the process of dying and so I thought oh lord <laughs> I'm wow. just a huge burden on them and I felt so bad because I thought this is a lot to take in and as he explained his mother-in-law was 99 years old and she was still spry and everything and and he said I it's it's gonna be a lot but he goes yeah I definitely need to have these conversations and so I said okay um I'm good with that so hopefully I'll talk to you soon and he said yep and wow and I and this would be hard conversations to have because if you go back and you have boyfriend girlfriends or in this case it could have been both husband and wife so it could have been something like that so we'll never know all that story at least until or unless someone decides to open up but that's what I would imagine is what creates all of this 9,000 people out there. Right, right. It's infidelities or some type. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying you would imagine that if you're holding on to this, that it would be, you know, secrecy trying to protect their relationships. Exactly. And I will tell you this. So you are right. There are a number of people in my group who are the product of infidelity. Um, there are a number of people in my group who are the product of incest and rape and other very uh, traumatic experiences. And there are people who are the product of fertility doctors screwing up or just fertility doctors because the parents didn't tell the child that they had to go through fertility and had to use another sample. So there's a, just a, a plethora of of ways that somebody can become or find out that they're an NPE. So I did want to talk a little bit though about the whole uh, secret part of this. So when I did talk to my father, um, and I, I'm going to refer to him as dad from now on because that is how I refer to him. Uh, my father who raised me is going to be referred to as pop, just so I can distinguish between the two if I choose to speak to, you know, talk about him and, and I will. So um, and, and there are also some terms. So my birth father is my birth father. That's what we refer to as a, as a BF birth father. And then my dad who raised me pop, he's referred to as my BCF or my birth certificate father, because he's listed on my birth certificate, even though he's not my father. So the secret part of this, I asked my dad, I said, so I kind of suspect I know what may have happened, how I came to be, but I don't know the full details and I haven't said anything to my mom yet because I know it's going to shock her. And he said, I can fill that in for you. And he said, okay. So in December, he said, I was in the air force and every year I made sure I was home for Christmas and I happened to be home for Christmas that year. And I was coming out of the post office and your mom was coming out of a bank and we saw each other across the street and we hadn't seen each other since high school graduation because they're now at this point, they're 20 years old. They're young too. Uh Yep. 
they're, they had just both turned, well, he had turned 20 in, in June, but she turned 20 the uh, month before. And so there are these young 20 year olds. They decided to get together. He said they were just talking and he asked her what she was doing right then. And she was with her brother, I think he said, and he volunteered to get them some you know, some wine or something to drink, some booze to drink so they could, you know, just have, you know, fun little party time like they had in the past. And they went off and talked and they drove out to some place. I'm not sure where, someplace in the kind of the countryside of where, you know, where, where I was born and raised. And one thing led to another. And he said, I wasn't planning to, you know, talk about the future with your mom in the backseat of the car, but I ended up talking about the future with your mom in the front seat of the car and I just kind of thought okie dokie that was something I didn't really need to know but all right and he said and that's kind of how you came to be and so I'd always known the story between my mom and my pop that my mom had been engaged she was sent to Los Angeles she worked for Continental Airlines and and she was sent to Los Angeles for some training my dad, or sorry, Pop, Pop was uh, working at a hotel across the street from LAX and was the night manager. And she was staying at that hotel and he had gone out a couple times with the girl that they roomed her with. And uh, that girl wasn't available that night. So my mom talked with him and she, she always told me they spent, you know, the whole night talking and then, you know, six weeks later, they wrote back and forth. She broke it off with the boyfriend, you know, the fiance. And then six weeks later, they, she flew back out to California and they got married at city hall and none of that was true. I mean, she probably did actually, well, I shouldn't say none of that was true. That is how things happened. However, she failed to mention that she hooked up with my pop. um, And then when she went back home, she found out she was pregnant. And that's why six weeks later, he flew out to where I was born and raised, uh, I'll say it, Kansas. And they got married in Kansas in the middle of February. So they just created this, they took a grain of truth to it and then added this layer of just lies to make it seem, you know, less, I don't know, salacious. Uh, They did it probably to protect her reputation. Both of them. Yeah. These stories created. Because he assumed, he assumed that he was my father because, again, the timing and, as I found out later, she told him she was a virgin. So that's lie number one <laughs> right there. She lied to him. She told your dad. She told my pop. Well, she she my- told your pop she was a virgin. Yep. So that. Before that- they married. Which, right. back in the day, I could see people doing that just to but everything is just a whole bundle of lies right now it's, it's a it's a tangled web of lies tangled and, web we weave right, right? <laughs> well and they kept that they kept those lies up for 50 plus years 50 so plus years that is just mind-blowing this whole story of yours right and it seems like 
it's your life though. So it's not a story. I know you and you're telling us what's going on. So it's your life rather than a story. Colleen, what a life. I am in awe over this, as I'm sure many of my audience members are, but it is familiar to us if you think about not your story of your trauma that you've experience or the experience that event that you're going through but we have heard of infidelity all of our lives or you know situations that are are uh, not as discreet as people want them to be and we've heard of people keeping these types of secrets but I'm sorry that that has happened to you it's your life but it's a good part too in that you have this whole other family out there and you always wanted brothers Mm -hmm. you know so that's the good part it seems as if we have to make lemonade out of lemons for sure so i'm uh again uh my heart is with you and i so want to hear the rest of your story and i think based on the time wise we should do a part two. What do you think about that? I think that would be great because there are definitely a few more details that I think might be of interest to some of your listeners. Um, and hopefully somebody can get something out of that or at least uh, find comfort or maybe just feel like they're not alone. Maybe somebody else is going through this. Yes. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast. Right. People, it's so important for our mental health and for our psyches and for our bodies to feel we're not alone because we hold on to these secrets or hold on to these events, right? And we really can loosen up with them as we become adults. We need to let go of them. And I think, and we'll get into that next time uh, about how do we deal with this? And I'm sure that you'll have some good tips on that from your therapist. I'm glad that you're in therapy. Um, Many people are finding out the benefits of therapy. It helps you get to the root. It did help me, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yes. I'm glad that you offered to share your story with me. It's very interesting. To my audience, thank you for listening once again, and I'm hoping that it's helping someone out there. Thank you for listening to We Are Not Our Secrets. Have a great day.